We are very excited about today's call, but before we begin, we have Jesse Ledoux with our product feature of the week. Jesse, tell us what you got for us. So there's a quite a bit of similarity between contestants that want to be successful in pageantry, but also have a flourishing modeling career. So the product special of the week is actually a website, shoutoutmodels.com, and it is a way for you to post yourself on the site to have clients, um, advertisers, brands contact you directly for modeling jobs, ambassador jobs, et cetera. So it cuts out the middleman because the industry of modeling is changing. It's important to be able to have that direct connection with those that are looking for representatives. Cool. So what areas do are the jobs located and how are they affiliated with Pageant Planet? The jobs are actually global, so there's opportunities all over the world to work with different groups, whether it's commercial, print, editorial, or runway. And the tie with with Pageant Planet is, uh, Stephen, you are the owner of Pageant Planet, but you're also the founder of Shout Out Models. So you saw the need for being able to kind of like do for the modeling industry what Uber did for like the cab companies is like cut out the middleman direct con- to consumer and like really blowing up the opportunity for capitalism really right is that what it was yeah 100 percent. and i saw the need for girls like yourself that was competing and didn't have a whole lot of time but wanted to make some extra money I'm, so what's the price range of these particular jobs that are on the site so the jobs range completely and it shows you right then and there what the pay rate of each particular job is so you know what you're getting yourself into and you can scroll through and you can um, if someone wants you they will contact you directly and you can either accept or decline that job offer based upon the rate the location etc so you're really in control and you know it's really funny I uh, I called my my old boss who I worked for a production company in New York City and I said is it worth going to New York City anymore pounding the pavement handing out your headshots and your resumes to agencies and they said no because of the social media era things have totally been flipped on their heads so companies are looking for people that are dialed into the social atmosphere so if you know you have a great audience or a great network that a company would want to take advantage of you are totally the person for that even if you're still looking to build it up if they love your look they will go for it because again i always say in modeling they're looking for a look more so than just like anybody that comes in their door so don't count yourself out always give it a try and it's free to put yourself on the site Yeah. And the thing that I found shocking is that when I was creating this and doing the research, I mean, companies are looking for girls with one arm, girls with acne, girls with cellulite, all these different things because they need uh, before and after photos. They need models Mm -hmm. to help sample their their products, etc. So really all body frames, all ethnicities, all locations, there's businesses looking to hire girls just like you. So where do they go? You already mentioned that it's free to create a profile and free to apply for jobs. Where do they go again um, and how can they get started? So the website is very simple, shoutoutmodels.com. And right there, you can put your photo, your resume, any experience right then and there. And then you can look at the database to see who is looking for models right now. Awesome. Thanks, Jesse. Welcome to the Pageant Planet Podcast, where we help you succeed in pageantry. Now, here's your host, Stephen Roddy. Welcome, everyone, to another episode. Today, Jesse and myself, we are going to discuss how to get control of your interview. So, Jesse, set the stage for us. Why is this even important? Why are we talking about it? 
Stephen, if I could narrow down all the lessons that I teach to my VIP clients or our platinum members, this is it. So if you are listening to our podcast, get your pen and paper out, your pen and parchment, as you would say, <laughs> and like take your notes because today we're talking about getting in control of your interview. And like, this is the one thing contestants that look the part, sound the part, are willing to put in the time and energy. If they compete over and over and over again, and finally I get my hands on them to work with them, this is the one thing that I have seen has always fallen through the cracks. So it is like the number one piece of pageant advice. Um, so with this said, the reason that this is important is it's not just about answering questions in pageant interview. It's not just about showing your personality. You have to leave the judges with some substance so that they remember you from phase to phase. And I mean, for the most part, I would say every pageant I've gone to, I've never, I shouldn't say I've never, most of the time you don't see one runaway winner. That is totally across the board, everything you're looking for. Being in control of your interview and getting across the story of you is like the one thing that will put you over the top if judges are neck and neck between certain people. Yeah, I mean, consistency is key. Like, If you really want to do well in the large pageants, you got to be consistent and consistently do well across all phases of competition mm -hmm. yeah why is go oh, go ahead no i was just gonna say so like for those of you competing in pageants like miss usa international junior miss national american miss where there are potentially 50 to 100 other contestants in your division or your grouping uh and i just say those specifically but there's like usa national miss and there's several other pageants that are in that grouping but it's so much more important to like have a lasting impression and if you're just answering the question and you're not saying something special about you or what you bring to the table, you're leaving an opportunity out there. And I always tell our girls, like, if the opportunity presents itself, you have to be ready to take it. And this is the lesson that will prepare you to do that. Yeah. <laughs> kind of a fun thing that um, girls can even do, especially there is a pageant girl who is on The Bachelor for this season, is find out the different ways that girls use to stand out to The Bachelor. I mean, mm -hmm. it's all just about being memorable. And of course, you're not going to do the crazy tactics that a lot of these girls do in The Bachelor. But at the end of the day, initially, it's just to try to get that guy to remember you enough to secure another date. So whether mm -hmm. you go the crazy route or the physical route or whatever, like in the show, that's all they're trying to do. And whether it's a job interview or in pageants, you want to be memorable and mm -hmm. you have a I, one. I know you're a fan of The Bachelor, part of The Bachelor Nation. But two, Love you, it. you have a very specific strategy to make girls memorable that we're going to discuss today. And you're right. And, you know, that's like a totally off the walled correlation. But it is so true because obviously you're not going to use your physicality on a judge to get to the next round. Like they, the girls do in The Bachelor or be forward or totally crazy and off the wall. But it's the same concept. What are you doing that sets you apart from the pack? So that's a great way to put it, Stephen. So the way I usually give advice for this is you need to separate into three core items that when you stand up from, if it's one-on-one -on -one judges, you stand up from every judge. Did you get two or three of your three across in that minute you have, or is it a panel and you're getting all three across during that time? That is what you're focusing on. Like if they say Coke or Pepsi, you're not just saying, Coke, next question. Like you're giving more, 
content, right? I mean, right. I use that really arbitrarily. Like I've had some contestants that have had that question and, and they've gotten through it famously. But I mean, it's, and you're not always looking to like control every single question, but it's more about giving something of yourself, no matter how simple the question. Okay. So give us a, um, an overview of the three categories that we're going to use to control interview and then tell us why uh, controlling the interview is even important. Yes. So the three categories. So if you are taking notes today, which I highly recommend, there are three categories. The first is a skill that you possess. So skills, number one. Number two is platform. And number three is something fun. And the reason I do that is you want to show variety, but you want to be specific. So I've had girls where I look at their resume and they are they're ballerinas, they're opera singers, they're entrepreneurs, they are double majors, they are intern, like they have so much to focus on that I don't remember anything. And that's what judges do too, because there are so many contestants. These judges are just looking for something to latch onto to get to know you. They're not going to remember everything on your resume. I mean, that is a guarantee. Would you agree, Stephen, when you're interviewing people for the pageant planet, like even if they are really widespread in their interests. Like, do you ever remember everything about someone until you really get to know them? And in pageant interviews, you don't get that luxury, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And this goes for job interviews. This goes for social Mm -hmm. settings. I'm like, oh, I remember that girl. She's the one who did X. I don't know life story. It's like, oh, like you just, it's usually one item. And then if there is a second, it ties back into that one item. Yes. And it's really rare where you remember three or four facts about a contestant, especially when you're talking about the volume of girls that you interview and you um, restrict it in the amount of time. I mean, Nam, a minute. <laughs> you're not going to remember. Minute, seriously. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to remember a lot of facts about these girls. So it's that one massive um, fact that's really interesting, that's really just like, oh, makes you stick out like a sore thumb, and then yes. you build upon that with the other. So it's you're basically supporting that one um, issue. But I'm, I'm jumping say, ahead. Told, no, you're totally right. And I say three because for a couple of reasons, I guess. One, because you don't want to look one note. So in every single piece of your resume or every single question you get asked, you don't want to talk about the exact same thing because judges will get bored and you'll start to feel programmed. So we say three for that reason. And the other reason is you never know what's going to click with which judge. So if if I told Stephen about my love for the Boston Red Sox, well, that'd be really great for Stephen because he lives in New England. He gets it. He loves the Boston fan craze. Like he gets it. If I said it to somebody from Montana, They don't give a hoot about the Boston Red Sox, probably. So maybe something along the lines of my agricultural background. And I'm obviously using really far-fetched examples. But we use that because you never know what's going to connect with who. So you don't want one thing. You don't want to alienate someone. You always want to give a judge a potential opportunity to, to connect with you. Yeah, and I love it. And it's just like if you're in a social setting, you're trying to look for commonalities. Uh, between the person you're talking with and the content that you bring up. Now, the hard part is an interview. Again, we've already talked about time restriction, but the other thing is you're just answering questions. But, um, you know, if you do have the luxury of knowing your judges in advance, you can sometimes tailor that. Um, but anyways, again, I'm, I'm jumping, I'm jumping ahead. So, and I feel like I've, I've pulled us off track a little bit. So, (laughs) so, so we're talking about, um, the different categories of follow and why control is important. And I do say be, so just a quick note on that, Steven, be cautious. If you, even if you do know who your judges are in advance, 
be cautious to mold your conversation around their likes and interests because you don't want to mold yourself to be what you think they want you to be. They still want to know you and for who you are. So don't bend too much depending upon the judges. Just like go with your game plan. Don't switch it up at the last minute. Stay true to you. So little soapbox moment there. Um, one thing I hear a lot when I'm interviewing girls for the first time, or we're just getting like to scratch the surface of interview prep is they use the word you a lot. And they're kind of talking about this arbitrary person that doesn't exist. So if I say, what do you hope to gain? Or what have you learned from pageants? And they say, well, in pageantry, you have to do this. You have to do this. Here's what you have to do. Here's like, and you just keep talking about this fake you. Like, who is this you that you're talking about? I don't know who this you is. So I say, flip it on its head and use the word me. And for a lot of pageant girls, we are humble by nature because we're servants. Like we go through life wanting to help others. And like a lot of us are in it for that reason. So I get it. It's uncomfortable to talk about yourself, but you have literally sometimes a minute to get it across. So you got to get over that real quick. And you have to talk about you. So if I say, what do you hope to gain from pageants? Well, you have to learn how to adjust to things. I'm like, I don't care about the fake you you're talking about. I care about, here's what I've learned about myself. Here's how I have parlayed it into my everyday life. So you have to be able to tailor the conversation to suit your agenda um, and not just like be super general about it. And have you ever experienced that, Stephen, where someone just like is always like making up these hypothetical situations that have nothing to do with themselves? Yeah, I took this really interesting um, personal development course. I don't know how long ago it was, but they talked about playing life on the sidelines and that's the whole thing of like, if you're using this hypothetical situation, you're talking about strategies, but you're not inputting yourself like, hey, this is where I did. This is where I fell short. This is the hang up that I had, whatever. Like when you're using that you, that vague generality of they or some people, whatever, that's playing life on the sidelines. We want to get you in the game. <laughs> you, the pageant girl, me, I. Sure. <laughs> because I love. I love that analogy. That is great. Yeah, because you're the one that wants the crown. Mm -hmm. So it's you talk about, no, you're looking to hire me to be your queen. So I'm going to talk about me and why I'm a good queen. Like that's my context of this interview. So if I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times. Like it's all in the stories. It's all in the details. It's all in the examples that you bring. So this, if you're struggling with this and you know that you are someone who speaks to the general instead of the specific, this will help you narrow it down. So as I already said, the first bucket that we're going to use of our three buckets would be skill. So what tangible skill do you bring to the title or the system? So um, what what can you offer the pageant that someone else might not be able to and why? So like if you're organized, it's not just enough to say you're organized. It's I'm organized and I've illustrated it through these several leadership positions and you can explain those. But I always say like, do you have a certain educational background or a degree that will give you a competitive edge to help push the pageant in a new direction or a, page or a direction it wants to go? Do you have a strong social following that you can tap into to grow the impressions? Do you have a large network that you can help find new sponsors? Do you have life experience that will help be marketable if you call a media outlet and want an interview? So when I say a skill, something specific like that. So if you wanna use a general term like organizational or driven, be ready with one thing to back it up to show it in action. Yeah, love that. Um, so what I wanna do is because we made a clear transition there, um, I didn't necessarily do the best job at transitioning, but first we were talking about why control is important inside of the mm -hmm. interview. Um, and control is important basically 
so in order to gain control, you're not doing arbitrary conversation. You're not using hypotheticals. You're, you're talking the talk, and you're basically saying, this is why I should be the queen. Then we transition to say, in order to have control of the interview, you first need to have skill. And that's Jesse, that's what you're just saying. So that's exactly. my, so how can, because skill is something that can be developed. So what's the best way for girls to develop these things? Um, like you, like you talked about. So that's a great question. And I'm going to go back to something that you've told me over the years, Stephen. is like people excel at things they like doing right? Because you're willing to put the time and energy into developing those skills. This is your opportunity to really take something that you're naturally good at and that you enjoy doing and make it your strength. Um, because like, I mean, think about our staff, Stephen, we have someone who's the queen of that does the crowning moments videos and she just happens to be skilled and she enjoys putting together videos. And you have our queen of Pinterest who loves always being next on trend. So you don't have to fit into a, a mold here as a pageant title holder. Use what you already are great at or that you really enjoy doing and leverage it to say, hey, here's a skill and find out how that skill that you have that you really love would help a system. Yeah, love that. And then it's like repetition, a rep repetition rep, repeti- <laughs> wow repetition Whatever, that fine. one repetition after that um and i like the saying of practice doesn't make perfect but it does make permanent um mm. so you develop the skills to the point where it's permanent that you roll out of bed you can do it without thinking and mm-hmm. not to mean that you're not going to make mistakes but you have that permanent infrastructure and the things that i really like is um to develop the school skill of talking to people in interview is one of my favorite things is talk to strangers. Um, like when you're in the grocery store and you're on the checkout line, turn to the person in front of you or behind you. If it's a long line, it's Christmas season, it's going to be long lines and just strike up a conversation. But the goal of the conversation is that you cannot say the canned phrases. Hey, how are you? can't use that. You got to think of something creative to spark the conversation. And then when they ask you something in return or they make a comment, you have to say something else that again is not a canned response. It's forcing you to think on your feet. It's forcing you to interact with the personality type that you're not necessarily sure what you're going to get. And the more things that you do like that, you're going to do better in interview when you're working in front of a panel of judges. And then additional, like we talk um, at nausea about uh, mock interviews, how you can have I mean, shameless plug, you can do unlimited mock interviews through the pageant planet for $47 a month. Um, So unlimited, you get feedback, it's with a live person, it's via Skype, it's video, so you can see all those uh, quirky little (laughs) traits that you have. So um, there's that. And then there's also like reading articles. We produce four brand new articles every day on pageant planet and we do questions of the day. So checking up on that to develop the skill set around the total interview so that you can be so comfortable. And I had somebody tell me this one time and I just loved it. Um, she was a dancer and she said, you know, there's nothing in life that you don't do better when you're relaxed. Think about it. She said, mm-hmm. when, when you're tense or when you're worried about what other people are thinking about you or you're thinking other people are watching you, you have a tendency to make mistakes, appear awkward. You're not fluid. But when you're relaxed and you're just fluid, you're just being yourself and you always do better, whether it's athletics or dancing or just conversating with people. I really like that. That's really nice. Yeah, I agree. And you know, it's, I'm glad you said that too, because with that, like 
I love that you gave an example. So a lot of the buzz phrases we hear is I'm really adaptable or I can talk to people of all different backgrounds or I'm relatable. And like, if I hear that again, like I literally <laughs> will, will like take a nap during your interview. But if you say something like, I can talk to different people of all backgrounds because every single day I force myself to have an unusual conversation, like whether it's the grocery store, walking through campus, I put myself out of the box every day. And that's one thing that I focus on on a regular basis to build up my skills. Even as simple as that, like give me something detailed or specific that backs up that skill. So it can be relatable or conversational or adaptable, whatever. And that's great. Find a way to show me in your everyday life how you put it into practice. It's not enough to give buzz phrases of qualities. You have to be able to show me how, how it's done. That's great. Okay. Um, are you ready to move on to the second point that girls oh, can I'm, implement I'm to use to control their interview? Okay. Yes. So the second point is your platform. And I, I do want to say, do not over flood your interview with platform talk. I think a lot of people misinterpret a lot of our lessons or general coaching lessons with like, okay, my platform is everything. And your platform is very important because it can be the number one thing that sets you apart, but you don't want to appear like it is the only thing that you care about or that you have going for you. So leave the impression about your platform, but don't oversell it. So what have you done already with your platform? And how can you parlay that into a plan as a title holder? Um, another buzz phrase that I can't stand is I want to take my platform into schools or I want to talk to kids. And if I said it once, I've said it a thousand times and those listening have heard it before. It's just one of my biggest pet peeves. So what does it mean you want to work with schools? Do you want to start a club about your platform or do you want to host your XYZ seminar, or do you want to have a clothing drive there? Like I need some details into it or maybe something you've already done. That's really stinking cool that you can confidently say nobody else has done. So something platform based that ties to your whole mission and also your plan. They have to be able to visualize you taking it to the next level. Yeah. If I hear a girl who says like, I'm just really passionate about my platform or I want to use this to market my platform or whatever. I have a tendency not to believe it. Um, I, I want someone, when they talk about their platform inside of pageant interview, to say, um, to make their platform make sense within the context that they're bringing in the interview. For example, mm -hmm. let's say, I mean, I come from a marketing background, so a lot of my um, examples have to do with marketing. But if a judge says, what makes you different from other girls that are competing here today? Well, the reason why I am important or the reason why I should be crowned versus Susie Smith is because uh, I'll make it my goal to market this pageant so that more girls compete next year than competed the following year. Um, and I feel like that's my responsibility as a spokesmodel for this organization, which is what I'll be as a title holder. Furthermore, my platform, insert my platform, gives me access to thousands of models that I can easily promote this pageant system to so that those models will come and compete next year for my title. Mm -hmm. Something like that where it ties it in, it's all smooth in context. For there, I'm like, wow, okay, so not only do, if I crown this girl, am I gonna get a really quality contestant who's beautiful and intelligent, but also I get access to her network of models that she has influence over that she can bring so that they, like, you know, coming boost the numbers for the pageant director 
I love that. And if, if those of you listening, if you have a pageant with an orientation, like you don't always get the opportunity to have a one-on-one with your pageant's director, but more often than not, your director is suggesting what they're looking for to the judges. And I can guarantee you, they're not looking for someone who's just really sunshine and rainbows. They're looking for someone that brings something quality to the table. So in that pageant interview or orientation, raise your hand and ask that, ask that director, Hey, you know what, what are you looking for? from your, what's your dream queen like? Like, what do you imagine her to be? And I can guarantee you her answer, his or her answer is going to be aligned with what they ask the judges for. So, I mean, if you feel like you have the gusto, go ahead and ask them by by email or go ahead and ask them in pageant interview. And don't be afraid that other contestants will hear. Your job is to adapt your skills that we're talking about today, your skills, your platform story. And then the, the next one, which we'll get to is that fun note that we'll discuss, but, what is that director looking for and how can you tailor these control items to that messaging? I like that. And I don't know why this is, but it's it, pageantry is a weird industry in that the contestant gives the director money, but then the contestant <laughs> acts like the director is the boss. Now, I'm not saying that the that there should be an, an uprising or like overthrow the man, but like honestly, that director, because you're paying them, that director kind of works for you. Again, they're not your slave, they're not anything like that, but to ask those sorts of questions, you shouldn't be fearful about it because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you are supporting their business and you're saying, hey, okay, I believe in this organization and I'm willing to give my money for it. And that's great, Like, but don't fear your director. They're just a person and they're just a person with a business and they want to have a, um, a good year with a queen that they get along with and a queen that's Mm -hmm. going to help the organization grow to be even more successful in the following year. So questions like that, if you're really nervous about just keep it in proper perspective, you go to anywhere else on the planet and you give somebody money, that person understands, okay, I want to give you a really good service. For some mm-hmm. reason, in pageantry, it's it's flipped a little bit, and I don't know why that is even. Well, imagine going to work every day, Stephen, and not having a job description. <laughs> right. Like, what are what are you supposed to be doing? And it's this. If I again, one of the other buzz phrases I hear all the time is, "I'm ready for this job," or "I look at this title like a job." Well, if you don't know what you're trying to fulfill, or what your responsibility should be, or what your director wants from you. How can you possibly meet the expectation? And I know you've heard me say that before. It's like, understand what you're, what's expected of you so that you can meet that bar and exceed it. Yeah, that's great. Okay, anything else you want to talk about regarding platform or do you want to move on? Yeah, I would just say as you're you're defining what that one nugget is, I mean, this is not a chance for you to checklist people to death. It's one item that you know you do not want to leave the room without. So maybe you're an international volunteer. Maybe you've reached the presidential service award number of volunteer hours. Um, Maybe you've partnered with an organization um, or maybe you already have a framework in place to work with schools. Whatever that may be, like don't sell don't sell yourself short. Be prepared to present it in one solid statement. So it's not a checklist; it's one piece of that entire plan. And your hope is that you're sparking an interest in them for further questions about that plan. So it's not everything at once; it's one thing to tie into the rest. It's great. Okay. Uh, point number three. 
Point number three is the best of all the points. It is your fun. It's um, I fun. Am. Yeah, yay. <laughs> friends that do stuff together. So that's a SpongeBob song. It, it comes out to be the word fun. Um, so that shows how old I am. Uh, awesome. Um, so fun. So what is a fun fact about you? Like, so Steven, what's something cool about you that nobody, well, very few people can say? That give you a great position in a potential pageant competition. Well, I'm an ordained minister, and I bought a football team when I was 23. And what has that football team experience taught you in life that very few people understand? How to manage people and money and make hard life decisions that um, are not always popular with the masses. Yeah, and that's hard, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And any director would be like, or any judge would say, wow, like that's some life experience that like very few people can say they had. And that would definitely benefit a title holder, wouldn't it? That type of experience. Oh, yeah, completely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's something fun about you. Maybe maybe you're the oldest of five siblings. Maybe you're the youngest of five siblings. Maybe you've been on a pilot of a TV show or maybe you've traveled somewhere really obscure. And if you're listening to this and thinking, I have nothing interesting about me to say, I challenge you. I'm sure there is something about you that's interesting, whether it's as simple as I can you juggle, made, you can juggle or yeah. you've made apple crisp with your grandmother every year since you were two years old. Like, so think about that. Like what is, so Steven, if I were to be in an interview with you mm-hmm. and I, I say something along the lines of I treasure holiday season because my grandmother taught me how to bake apple crisp and she and I have made it together the last 15 years and I look forward to serving it to our family every year. What would that say about me as a person to you? Uh, For me, it shows that family is important and to like you like to um, spend time like with I don't want to say the elderly, but um, with the previous generation, because obviously there's a generation gap. And as a young uh, as a younger woman, for you to spend somebody spend time with somebody who's like 50 years or senior, it says a lot about you as a person. Whereas most people have their face in their phone or on Facebook, or they're just not as interested in hanging out with their um, grandparents or their, or their parents as a whole. To me, I'm like, this is, this is a quality human being. Yeah. Or what if I were to say, Stephen, I'm a double major in political science and pre-med. What would that say about me? Hardworking, very intelligent and ambitious. Love. So one one thing the contestants miss the mark on constantly, you guys who are listening, is they tell me about those things about themselves. They say, I say, what what do you have to offer? Well, I'm really hardworking and ambitious. Okay, great. Um, that's wonderful, but that's something a lot of people say. And then I say, well, how? Why are you like? Tell me how you're that way, or why you're that way. And then they continue to describe the words hardworking and ambitious. Well. I'm really detail oriented and I'm really focused. Okay. But like how much more valuable is it for me to say I'm a double major in neuroscience or pre, let's say pre-med and political science. Like those stories, those details say so much more about you than the words themselves. Yeah, completely. Mm-hmm. And like with this, you guys, again, that are listening, this is an art form. One of my largest pet peeves is girls contestants that narrow down these three things and they have like totally have them to a science, but then they flip the questions so quickly that it's obviously, it's obviously pre-manufactured. So if I get the question, what's your favorite movie? And I say, my favorite movie is 
Patch Adams. So I'm dating myself here too. My goodness. So it Patch still Adams, is a great one. It's a great it's one. Such a great movie. It's so it's for those listening. It's Robin Williams movie worth the watch, no matter what your interest or age is. He wanted to be a doctor because he cared about people and he wanted to make a difference, not just like for any of that. And he excelled in connecting with his patients. So if I were to say something along the lines of what's your favorite movie and why? And I said, my favorite movie is Patch Adams because I am a future doctor and I want to make a difference. And it just like, they just throw it down my throat. Like Mm. I clearly have an agenda here instead of me feeling like, okay, this is their favorite movie. And it also relates to them not being getting there to get to the end goal. It's a mean, it's, it's not just a means to an end. It's answering the question and making it sound really organic and, natural well and i think that we saw that we talked about this in our miss universe recap podcast Mm -hmm. but where um miss usa where steve harvey asked her that question and then she turned it around and said i got a question for you and she asked him a question and then she went on about her platform it was like Mm -hmm. "Mm." and and everybody else did like fun answers and she just took it way serious and it just i don't think it translated well well clearly i mean she didn't like advance to the the top five but Mm -hmm. um yeah. So something like that. If you're looking for a live example that just happened, you know, go back and listen to the podcast that we did about the Miss Universe recap. Or if you've recorded it, go back and watch her. How it just it just came off wrong. I'm not saying or it came off odd, like forced. Yes, exactly. And like, don't be in such a rush to get there. So one of our podcast, I mean, several of our podcasts, we talk about the three steps to your answer. It's your answer your explanation, and what I have always referred to as your X factor. So answer and explain the question like you normally would, and then tie it into your X factor, which would be one of these three things. So you don't be such a rush to get through it, but of course the X factor is the most special part of your answer. So you don't want to spend a ton of time on the explanation, but you want to give it enough time so that judge isn't like, whoa, she's been waiting to say this for five weeks in her preparation, <laughs> and I get it, okay? So it's just, it's gotta, it's gotta make sense. It's gotta be creative. So it's, it's, practice makes perfect. You gotta be creative. You gotta find opportunity where it's not very obvious, but still, like, let it marinate. And I really like the point that you said, take your time, and maybe this has become a, because I come from a very small town, but one of the fi- things that I find most charming about people who are later in years is that they take their time in conversation. They take their time to get to know you. They take their time in answering. And it's like thoughtful responses. And it's mm-hmm. always well worth the wait uh, because it's like the heartbeat behind it is so authentic and genuine that you're like, okay, yeah, that was worth it. And mm-hmm. sometimes I get it. Like you're an interview, anxiety, panel of judges or one-on-one, some of the people that who might be judging you, you've like looked up to for a while. So I get it. It could be nerve wracking, but this is where practice comes in of practicing your mock interviews and practicing under pressure so that you can, even though you have the butterflies, which everybody gets before walking in the interview, you can still stay controlled in your speech and give those authentic, genuine answers without seeming rushed and rehearsed. And one pro tip I want to offer is if you haven't yet downloaded our 233 practice questions, which are free shameless plug on the website, I want you to download them, print them out. And I want you to define your three things, your one skill, your one platform item, and your one fun thing. And without spending too much time thinking, because again, there's no thinking allowed in pageant interview. It's just going into autopilot. 
I want you to go through those questions in the 233 and I want you to write which of the three make the most sense. And again, they might not be obvious from the start, but force yourself to think quickly and creatively to find out, find a bridge to take to get there. And that will give you the confidence to know that, okay, I can be asked something totally off the wall, but because I'm so in control of these three topics and in control of my message, I can get there somehow. And you have to like really be open-minded about how you'll get there, but trust that it will happen. So print out those 233 questions and they're great for if you're a parent listening, get it for your daughter or your son if he's a contestant, or if you're a pageant coach and you're looking for quality content for your contestants, get that challenge, challenge yourself or your contestant to go through those, map out which of their three items would be most relevant, and then go through and answer those questions. Okay, so to kind of recap all of this, mm -hmm. if you had a word of caution, what would that be? And then also, what would some kind of um, tips for success? Sure. That um, the word of caution, I've already mentioned it, is don't force it. You don't want to come across like the girl who's been coached she's been a pageant patty. I mean, that is like the phrase to use for those that are over-processed in their preparation. You don't want to come across as the girl who's been waiting nine months to get these three points across. It has to come across organically. So my biggest advice is one, practice these three things with as, with, with as many questions as possible to show that, okay, you can ebb and flow with whatever comes your way. And the other thing is to do, and you mentioned this earlier, Stephen, is just to talk about them. So as you're going through doing appearances, talking to friends and family, like these can be things you tie in to every everyday conversation. So what are your favorite things? Who do you most admire? What's your biggest, amb your future ambitions? I mean, your three things should be able to come across organically in these really general discussions that you have about yourself. So just talk, talk about the three things, Look at opportunities for how they may come across for the most basic of questions and trust yourself. I mean, it is something that you have to practice to nail down, but you'll get, you'll come across. So own those three things, but don't force it. And if the listeners wanted to work more with you on a one-on-one -on -one basis, how would they find, um, how would they find you to work with you? And like, what's kind of a range of the cost? Yeah. So, um, if you already feel like you have your three things tied down and you just want to get into practice, our VIP membership is a great feature for you because there's unlimited virtual mock interviews, unlimited written conversations. So if you had questions about your wardrobe or your headshots, that's $47 a month. Steven, you already mentioned that. But if you really haven't nailed down those three things and you want to figure out what your brand is, you can do a la carte sessions and those are $25 a session, or you can do our VIP platinum, which is $119 a month. And that gives you weekly coaching sessions, one-on-one -on -one, plus unlimited mock interviews, plus unlimited feedback. So there's something for everyone. So if you feel like all you need is some tuning up to get those three things narrowed down, or if you have them narrowed down, you want to put them into practice, or if you just need a total overhaul, something along the lines for every single person. And you can find out more about that by visiting pageantplanet.com backslash coaching. Thanks, everyone. Want to ask your questions to the title holders and professionals we interview? Become a VIP girl today and get unlimited coaching from the pageant planet. Plus, ask as many questions as you'd like for only $47.